welcome. You are listening to Talking Up Eagle Mountain, where we discuss a variety of topics related to Eagle Mountain City government, services, programs, and goals. I am Mayor Tom Westmoreland. I'll be your host for this episode. Today, we are talking about economic development and the processes, fact and fiction. That sounds like a mystery novel there. So we have with us uh, today our economic uh, development director, Aaron Sanborn. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. We also have Mike Hadley our, uh, from our uh, planning uh, department, our planning manager. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And Lisa Holland, uh, building uh, permit technician. Thank you for being here, Lisa. Thank you. So Aaron, can we start with you? Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's just dive right into this uh, <laughs> fact and fiction element. You know, uh, what are some of the misconceptions about econo- economic development uh, you know, relating to our, our businesses locating to Eagle Mountain? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we look at economic development, you know, it's a vast and varied field that involves a lot of um, different processes, a lot of different ways that we try to enhance the quality of life here for residents in Eagle Mountain. And when we look at specifically talking about businesses, particularly when it comes to, to retail, kind of more of a traditional commercial, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting field where it'd be, it's very easy to look at cities that are around us, you know, Saratoga Springs, and see all the, the businesses popping up and, and ask the question, well, why isn't that coming out here? Why aren't we getting um, things like, like Costco or different restaurants that are just um, starting to move in there? And, one of the, the biggest misconceptions is that um, we just pick up a phone, we, we dial you know, Chick-fil-A or Costco and say, hey, we're Eagle Mountain, come on out. And they say, well, we'll be there next week. Um, it's, a, it's a big process for these businesses. You know, they do a lot of due diligence where they look at income data, they look at the number of households in a certain geographic area, traffic patterns, daytime population. They do a ton of analysis to determine if an area is going to be profitable. And if it's not going to be profitable, there's no amount of begging and pleading on our part that's going to, to change their mind. Um, and and our, our natural location plays against us a little bit in, in that sense because whereas Saratoga Springs has all of the Eagle Mountain residents driving through on a regular basis, we're the end of the line, so to speak. And so we, we have some, some natural disadvantages and when it comes to our location, but thanks to our growth, we are starting to see a lot of those, those trends can reverse and to start to see a lot more, more coming here, but it involves a lot more than just simply reaching out and making those contacts. Yeah, these businesses have some very strict uh, metrics and demographics that they've developed over the years that they don't, uh, they don't vary from. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, when the people that run these businesses, their their real estate teams, they're they're very smart. They're very savvy with what they're doing, and if you don't meet their criteria, they don't look at you. And then that's just the, the nature of the business, and they move on to a market that's going to be more profitable right now for them. And so you have to be in constant communication with these businesses, but also um, developers, real estate brokers in the area to help them see what's going on in the community, so they understand that sure, while Eagle Mountain may look like a pretty rural green area in certain spots and there's not much development, you know, we're doing so many new homes every year and the, and the growth is changing. 
And so part of it is also telling our story and helping people to understand that while maybe right now this isn't the, the most natural location for a business, there's a lot going on that helps to kind of change that, that narrative. And we definitely are starting to see a lot of that shift with some of the businesses willing to take more of a look, whereas before, you know, they wouldn't even return our calls pretty much. Okay, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's say you're recruiting a business. What, what, what are the limitations? What can and can't we do in, in, in pursuing uh, a company? Yeah, when it comes to pursuing companies or trying to help them understand, a lot of it is us working with the real estate brokers, whether it's um, a broker here in the city or for the company themselves. And our role really is providing information. Um, we can't um, simply convince them by saying we're a great place. You know, it's feeding information, it's giving them census data, it's giving them population updates, um, helping them to see what developments are coming on residentially to help them understand you know, what's going on. And that's, that's a big part of what, what we can do as economic professionals is provide the information so that the, the business teams can make a, a good decision. We, we obviously can't force a business to locate here. You know, there, there's no coercion that I can magically um, engage into to force a business to locate here. Um, but we do what we can to help remove the barriers so that the businesses can make the, the most educated decision possible and allow them to do their due diligence so that they can um, see why Eagle Mountain is a good choice for them to locate in. Aaron, can you talk briefly about some of the other entities that are involved in economic development towards Eagle Mountain? Uh, for example, there's, there's, there's GoEd, there's EDC Utah. Uh, tell us a little bit about these groups and, and how that plays into this overall picture. Yeah, um, that's the great thing about economic development is that usually you're not going at it alone. You know, there are partners out there that are working hand in hand, both here in the city, but also at a statewide level. And so when we look at some of the, the larger projects that we deal with, um, we are working very closely with the Governor's Office of Economic Development, or EDC Utah. They're kind of the gatekeepers for a lot of these large projects, you know, Facebook, Tyson, projects like that that are bringing in a lot of jobs, um, which are really important to this conversation when it comes to the, the commercial development because businesses want to see daytime population. They want to see people working here, not just living here, coming here at night. And so we work closely with them to, to coordinate these projects, to help them understand what um, we have available when it comes to land, utilities, to help make those processes work. When it comes to more commercial projects, I work closely with a lot of landowners and real estate developers here in the city um, that have their projects that they're working on. And I work to help align kind of the, the desires of, of the residents with what will work well in the city. Um, you know, we, we hear all the time from residents asking for certain types of businesses that they're interested in, in, you know, in having in our community. And my role is to help the developers understand those needs and to, to try and find um, what businesses might fit in those. And oftentimes, these businesses are doing a lot of the active recruiting. You know, it's, it's not necessarily myself who's you know, calling up 
um, the the different retailers. It's the it's the developers. It's the real estate brokers who are doing a lot of that work because they understand precisely what um, the the demographics of, of a certain area. And so we we take more of a broad perspective, you know, in my role to be able to try and focus on the, the grand picture rather than just focusing in on just helping one one developer or one project site, but having to take more of a, a holistic approach when it comes to that. Aaron, you mentioned residents uh, in this uh, process. Is there something, are there things that residents can do to help make Eagle Mountain more attractive to business? Absolutely. I think one of the, the most important things is to, wherever possible, use use local businesses. That's a, a big thing to help support some of these businesses that have popped up already so that they can be profitable. And that, in turn, helps to drive more traffic to our, to our commercial and retail areas, which is a big thing as we're trying to attract future businesses to those areas. I think as well, being patient with the process, and that may seem a little hard to, to ask at times because we see that we're growing rapidly, you know, a city of around 40,000 people and you look at other cities that are similar size and they have a robust commercial and retail sector, but yet we don't. And I think a lot of that has to go with, we're building the city of the future out here in Eagle Mountain. And so we're trying to build a community that has everything that we need, where we have the job centers, where people can work here. We have the retail components. We also have the mix of housing types. You know, that's one of the things that retailers are interested in is population density and so there should be areas where we have um, you know a higher dense housing because we are able to to get more of the commercial that supports that and is able to foster that and so I think in, in my role I've had to take the the long view of things um, rather than just be concerned about what we're getting today or tomorrow but look you know 20 years in the future and say what kind of city do we need to be? What do we need to have in order to have a sustainable city? And then to start working towards building that full picture. And right now that may look more like getting jobs, more job creation um, in the city. And then in the future, retail naturally grows. And I think that's what we're seeing is um, that, that retail growing um, just by our natural population growth. And so I think being willing to be patient with that process as, as things work through and having the vision of the long game really goes a long way because then the the retailers they can see that this community is sustainable and they want to be there because they see the the jobs coming in they see more population coming in and so it makes more sense for business to locate all right yeah you mentioned uh, vision for the long game uh, so that's going to take a lot of planning maybe this is a good uh, time to bring in mr hadley uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about uh, your responsibilities and uh, how does planning uh, enter into economic development? Well, I think it's our uh, job to assist Aaron, the economic development director, and the uh, applicants, businesses looking to come into the city. Uh, we provide information on the approval process. Um, a lot of different types of demographics um, and information on the approval process, what, what we can help them with, how we can help them, and then also where they can actually locate their businesses. 
What are some of the challenges that you see as you, um, you know, provide this information? Um, obviously, there's zoning issues. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about those those challenges with zoning and, and making, you know, making it so uh, that you know the process of getting to where uh, a zone and area fits a business or vice versa? Yeah, of course we have our. Um general plan, which kind of guides us to areas that we've designated as, you know, commercial or industrial or residential areas. Um, and with the zoning, of course, it that also restricts, can restrict businesses where they can go, where they can't go. Uh, one of the unique features that we have here in Eagle Mountain City is we have a zone called the RTI zone, which is the Regional Technology Overlay Zone, which this process allows a business to come in, um, typically a larger business, something that will provide jobs or um, tax base to the city. Um, and it allows them to go through a kind of a quicker process where they don't have to go through um, the regular public process because the overlay zone already went through there so that was established and it allows the businesses to like I said go through a little quicker streamlined process to get uh, up and running. What are some of those limitations that a business might have in working with the city? Now you mentioned the RTI, the overlay zones, um, so how does that uh, restrict a business uh, as far as um, you know certain characteristics if you will of a business uh, in, in, in doing that preparation work uh, for them coming here so basically of course we don't want um, we want businesses where they should be located uh, we don't want a mix of different types of businesses in residential areas, we want good buffering between those residential areas, the different businesses. And of course, there's different types of businesses, um, which you want located and more centered with each other. To basically, uh, basically on their, on what the type of business is, if that makes sense. So you're looking for uh, clean industries, technology, correct. things like that. Yeah, correct. Okay. Well, Lisa, let's, let's go to you uh, now. It's your, uh, your turn to dive into this. So as uh, a building permit technician, uh, share with us a little bit of your perspective on uh, you know, the permitting process for uh, these commercial entities. What do you see? So once a project has been approved, has gone through all of all of the other steps and it's been approved through planning and recorded with the county, they start the building process and they submit a completed application. And once they get that, then they submit their plans to go through to review. Uh, we have partnered with West Coast Code Consultants. Uh, they're experts in, in the commercial codes and they review our commercial plans. Uh, they're Typically, plans go through several cycles, making sure that everything meets all of the correct codes and and everything is correct. And uh, once the plans have been approved, 
they get their fees, they pay for their permit, and they start building. What are some examples uh, of projects? Um, certainly, you know, for a commercial project to get delayed, that can be very costly for a company. But yet, it happens, right? What it What does. are some of the things that can delay a project that you've seen? Um, a lot of delays happen from the side of the plans, the reviewing. Uh, a lot of times plans don't meet certain codes and they have to go through revisions and there's several cycles that they have to go through to make sure that everything is correct, everything meets the codes, they meet for, for safety, for things like that. Um, other delays can be just coordinating with other departments, making sure that all, of the, par- all the departments are on in the same place at the same time with making sure that the fees are correct and and things like that. Uh, businesses that don't have a lot of experience in, in, in matching up with city code and understanding that the city code isn't really there to prevent them or just to harass them, but uh, we're restricted by a lot of things. I mean, there are safety issues, there are health issues, there are traffic issues, uh, and, and of course, there are a number of other entities, you know, supplying power and gas, and and all of that has to come together in a functional facility. So um, certainly, uh, you know, from a city perspective, we always want to do a little bit better, finding ways things that we can do better. Um, but yet, you know, breakdowns still happen, uh, misunderstandings still happen. What uh, is is there anything that a new business owner can do to to help avoid those setbacks? Mike, do you have anything that you can add to this? I guess one of the biggest issues that we have is, as Lisa mentioned, uh, complete applications. Um, oh, okay. You know, complete applications and actually read the material all the way through. And if you have questions before you submit feel free to contact us and we can help you through the process. Um, I think that's one of the biggest, biggest issues. Aaron, do you have something? Yeah, I'll dive in on that. I think communication is one of the biggest things that when we're getting um, the businesses who are interested, the, they should be asking the questions because there's a lot of knowledge I mean, with, with the different city departments that know their processes, that know the timelines and, and the applications, how to work through that. And I think it can be daunting for, for business owners, but particularly small business owners who are looking to do this for the very first time. And having that communication, going and talking to different departments is a huge thing. So whenever a business comes to, to talk to me and say, where do I start? Oftentimes, I just direct them to other departments and say, if you have questions about business license, Here's the basic information. Our website has some stuff, but go talk to the recorder's office. They're the experts. They know every single process. If you have questions about zoning, go talk to the planning department. They will be able to answer those questions. Same with building permits. I think if there are questions, ask those ahead of time so that we don't get to this point where we've done all this work and put all this effort in and have to go, oh wait, now there's a delay because you missed X, Y, or Z. But if we can identify those pitfalls and the, the problem areas in advance, then that just helps the process work smooth because that's what we want as city staff is we want to see these businesses succeed and thrive because that just goes to help our community. 
and working in these partnerships together with the businesses, to me, that's what I've seen work the best. You know, when we've been able to have the communication with all the city staff and the businesses right from the get-go. So I think that's my biggest recommendation for uh, an interested business is ask the questions. If you have any concerns or questions about the process or what you do, ask them from the very beginning. And that just helps the process work so much more smooth. And, and then take the advice that you're given. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really does make a huge difference when you get the completed application and everything's in order when it's submitted. It uh, really makes a difference on how smooth and quickly the process goes. Now, we don't have anyone here from the Chamber of Commerce today, but certainly I would think that, that would be a resource as well. Um, definitely someone will, would want to reach out to the Chamber of Com Commerce and get, get their input because they're a valuable resource. Yeah, absolutely. The Chamber of Commerce is able to be there to, to help provide a lot of advice and direction for, for businesses. And that's, that's their role is to help serve as a, um, a, an advocate for business and to help them understand these processes as well. And they're, they're available and um, anxious to help businesses as they are looking to either locate in Eagle Mountain or expand operations. Are there any other uh, challenges or misconceptions that, uh, um, that we're aware of that we can share with our, with our listeners? Um, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> A lot of misconceptions is that the city tries to hold people up, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. We, most of us that work for the city, live in the city, so we want things to open just as much as everybody else. <laughs> So a lot of misconception, I think, is that the city's holding us up, the city doesn't want this business to come in, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. A lot of uh, delays and things like that do come from the builders themselves. They have the approvals for a project, and they've just decided at this time that it's not going to work with their timeline, so they just put a delay. And eventually they come in, it just isn't right when everybody wants it to kind of going along with what Aaron's talking about. Um, we, we don't stop businesses from coming in for that reason. Uh, you know, we, we want them to open. Uh, there's just definitely a lot of schedules to coordinate and things like that. So that's kind of one of the misconceptions, I think. Yeah, it's no small undertaking for sure. And uh, where, let's, can we talk a little bit about uh, why economic development is so important for city? Why, why does it matter? Well, I think one of the main things it does for us is it builds a tax base, it provides funds to the city, which allow us to build parks and amenities and roads and all the infrastructure that you need to, to have a fully functioning good city. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. When you look at um, businesses coming in, and they provide a lot of that, that foundational tax base to be able to provide services for residents. You know, if we just built out a community of just homes, we wouldn't be sustainable. We wouldn't be able to support that kind of growth. The businesses are able to, to help to, to do that. And as well, obviously provide a quality of life. You know, you don't want to have to drive half an hour to do everything. You know, certainly you want to be able to do things closer to home wherever possible and have know a variety of services and I think economic development helps to provide that we provide the opportunities for for residents to have 
the things that they want, the things that they need to be able to create a, a good quality of life. And then that's a, a key thing is that we're, we're open to every business. You know, we don't keep businesses out. There are sometimes a lot of barriers to entry for certain businesses that make it so that they, they don't come in, that they choose to hold off until sometime in the future. But we do whatever we can to, to help reduce those barriers to entry for them. Well, and I think Aaron brings up a really good point, is we want economic development to provide jobs here in the city so people don't have to commute, that they can work and live in the same community, um, which obviously helps many things, including the environment. And Traffic. Traffic, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is a big one. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know about the three of you. I, have you ever heard any gossip uh, regarding economic development? Any rumors? Uh, uh, anything come to mind at all that you want to share? Uh, or, or myths for that matter? I have lived in Eagle Mountain for 20 years now. So I have heard a lot of rumors, a lot of myths. I've heard that Six Flags was coming. I've heard lots of, of definite rumors. What about you guys? Anybody else? Aaron, yeah, Aaron doesn't want to talk. Uh, <laughs> I think for sure there are always rumors and myths and rumblings of, of who's coming and what's coming. I think the, the, the easiest answer is that there are very exciting things um, in the future for Eagle Mountain when it comes to economic development. The, the future is very bright as we continue to grow and expand. We are going to see the, the kinds of things that other cities have just just because of our growth and also the 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 tourism angle that we can have here in the city because of our outdoor recreation so I think the the easiest answer is the future is very bright so certainly with these um, uh, economic development opportunities there are always challenges that arise you know the roads need to be widened roads need to be added uh, other infrastructure needs to go in and so that creates a lot of change going on, uh, and that takes a lot of a lot of planning. Uh, what uh, does anybody want to jump in on that? As far as is as far as the sort of the step back, the big vision uh, of of planning all this out. How uh, you know we have people that live here. We're going to have more homes being built and more companies coming in. You know, right now we have Facebook and Tyson are our large companies. We have uh, Ridley's and, and other smaller uh, businesses. We'll have additional grocery stores most likely. And we've got to figure out a way to make all this balance and work together. Uh, I think, Aaron, you mentioned the city of the future. What does that look like? What is a city? What are we talking about? Are we talking about in, uh, duplicating Salt Lake City? What, what are we talking about here in Eagle Mountain? Kind of the vision of the residents, I think, um, and the people that have a say who live here. Um, you know, he talked about the future. We have the future land use plan, the future transportation plan. We're constantly trying to look ahead and predict and plan for where where we want things located. Uh, Eagle Mountain's unique in that it has a lot of open land and a lot of space and kind of a clean slate to kind of build it up. So I think with more input from the city and more input from everyone, it, uh, that helps kind of guide and give a vision. 
Sure, it's a it's an ongoing subject, and and certainly I know uh, from my perspective as mayor, uh, the vision for the future. I, I anticipate something very interesting, very unique. I don't see a typical urban setting at all. I see a, a, a great balance between uh, open space, outdoor recreation, wildlife, agriculture. Um, some you know very interesting uh, residential living and yeah jobs close by and in these bigger companies bring the smaller companies so like with the Facebook and Tyson that's when the uh, the grocery stores and the restaurants pop up around them to service those daytime jobs and all of those uh, enrich and add to the whole uh, quality of life experience here in Eagle Mountain. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't really point to an example that that looks like where I see this city going in the next ten to twenty years. Um, I, I think we'll see something very, very unique, very rich uh, and diverse, if you will, in, in uh, you know, visually with the views and the vistas, our hills. Um, we're, we're keeping our hills open so there won't be any construction on those. We're uh, promoting all of our, um, you know, our equestrian trails, our mountain bike trails, our parks just get bigger and better. And then the uh, wildlife with our, our raptors, the birds, and the deer migration routes that we're currently working on to keep that preserved. So. Um, and all have it work harmoniously together. That's really a big challenge because keeping it safe, keeping it real. Um, but anything, does anyone have anything else they want to add to that? No, I mean, I think when you look at the opportunities that are before Eagle Mountain, the, the future that we can have here, I, I think, yeah, it's a very unique possibility for what we have where we can have a little bit of everything. Have our cake and eat it too because of the, the smart plan that has gone on from the very beginning because of the the constant um, updates that plans we're not just remaining stagnant but we're looking at how we can continue to move that forward and, and to look out into the future to what we need in 20 40 years rather than just thinking about what would be really nice to have right now i think because of that that long-term planning and vision that helps to be able to create the kind of city that I think we can all look back you know and someday go they got it right because they were willing to to look at it from this this bigger perspective and they were willing to bring in all different kinds of business all different kinds of residential development to create a, a very unique and you know vibrant city and these businesses as Mike as you mentioned they provide the tax base to help pay for this but they're also great partners in, in, in creating and fulfilling this really unique vision because they're now residents of Eagle Mountain as well. And the neat thing of that, of those businesses, is their willingness to get involved and to help the city and do things for the residents. I yeah. think that's neat. And use their resources. So yeah. Lisa, what, what's your perspective? I think the vision of Eagle Mountain has, the, the growth I've seen in, in being out here for so long has I, I never would have imagined 20 years ago what would be here now and so I, I think the patience of waiting and seeing what's coming because when I first moved out here we didn't have gas stations we didn't have grocery stores we didn't have really anything and so 
to see everything that we have makes me excited for the future to see what we're going to have. And I think it just is just a patience thing and waiting. <laughs> right. Patience, yeah. Adapting, uh, meeting those challenges, and definitely the future looks very bright for Eagle Mountain. It's it's a great time to to live here. In fact, I, I don't know that there's been a better, more optimistic time in in the city. And so we look forward to that continuing as we prepare for other challenges. Uh, we want to thank uh, our producer, Linda Peterson, for putting this all together, making it happen. And we want to thank our listeners for, uh, for tuning in. Please share uh, these podcasts with your friends. And if you have any ideas of any subjects you'd like us to cover, please let us know. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to Talking Up Eagle Mountain. Thank you. Hello, Evan here. If you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode of the podcast, you can send an email to info at emcity.org or send a text message to 801-358-1175. That's 801-358-1175.